with me and we just wanted to make a brief addition to the conversation um, that we recently posted part one uh, which has everything to do with Keanu Reeves. Alessandro enlighten us. <laughs> oh hi um, now just wanted to say that um, this whole project or this whole idea or this whole journey of uh, Mezcal Tosba going on, it's because of Edgar getting, uh, getting inspired by a movie of Keanu Reeves called A Walk in the Clouds. Um, Circa uh, late 90s, people. Yes. And uh, well, the life in the vineyard, the life in the fields that really touched Edgar. And here we are, uh, 20 years later, we are making it happen, like living in the fields, living in the jungle. Uh, making booze and bringing people over and having making people happy and uh, yeah uh, shout out to anyone if can people help us reach out to Keanu Reeves that it is uh, a story a funny story but it coincidentally it's happening and it's like it'll be cool to get to know uh, if somebody can make this message happen to pass it along to reach out to Keanu, that'll be awesome. So no joke, uh, and and just for a tiny bit of of context, the movie was uh, somehow related to Keanu Reeves uh, was on a vineyard in Napa, and he um, there, there's something to do with the vineyards, uh, the father of the the vineyard owner and his daughter, right? It was some kind of like love thing. It was very romantic. It was really like a rom com, um, but it was a it was a really it was a really good sweet movie, um, and this is all legitimate, and and also. Uh, I have to ask. So, so Edgar was watching this film while he was in university in Oaxaca. So he was studying computer science, yes. which is kind of the antithesis of saying, fuck it all. I just want to go have like a vineyard or a distillery or whatever up in the mountains of where I live. I can make this happen. And I know you guys were living together in San Francisco. And so my question to you is, when did you find out that this movie was his inspiration to start like planting agave and being like, let's make mezcal? Yeah, somewhere is sometime along the way, maybe before he told me or after he told me, but I was just in like, I just wanted to do something and uh, he had this idea and just coincide. But uh, I was, I think I might, might have watched it after he told me. Did something uh, click when you watched it again, or for the yeah? First time? I mean, I, I mean, for me, it was more like living in the mountains and making things happen in the mountains, and uh, you I just mean, needed uh, to have somebody be like, "Let's do this," and you were yes. like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah," or yeah, get an idea, and or, but yeah, it just happened to work, and I'm really happy that it's. And now that I look at it, it's it's romantic, it's 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 pure, it's beautiful. If uh, anything, and we're doing it, you yeah. know, with its own uh, challenges, with its own journey, its own hard work. But here we are. Here we are. Yeah. And thank you, Keanu. I know you're listening to this podcast. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, a couple other things, you guys. We talk about a new expression that's coming onto the market that I'm really excited about because I got to try it and it's delicious. Made from the Saniso agave of Durango, but produced on the Palenque in, in the Sierra Norte region in Oaxaca with you guys so that's really exciting Alessandro and then also we go into detail about Daca Bend which is their rum agricole project well rum agricole for now but you'll be doing some aged um, distribution uh, of some marks pretty soon right so we talk about that and I also wanted to plug uh, coming up this no pat this past friday i think it, it's going to be released is mike g he does a podcast called show to v we have plugged him before he's amazing and he went to the palenque he went to tospo palenque in san cristobal lachiwag and he interviewed edgar so this is really exciting you guys you have the opportunity to hear his podcast where he's speaking directly with edgar and we have our podcast with alessandro it's like two bookends I think it's awesome. We did not plan for this to happen. It just so happened that this is what's going on. And it's great. Yeah, that will be awesome. Yeah. Uh, I drove with Mike G to La Chiruac and he we were bottling Dagaben when uh, he interviewed Edgar. And yeah, definitely uh, you will be listening to Edgar himself, the master distiller, the mezcalero from uh, Tosba, uh, the mastermind. 
And yeah, that would be really cool for everyone to listen to Mike G. Yeah, I'm really excited to hear that episode. Um, also, you guys, send us all your questions for Alessandro. I haven't told this to him yet, but we're going to do a question and answer episode because we can, because he lives here and it's going to be great. So um, as always, send us your questions. Send us questions specifically that you have for Alessandro about Tospa, about Daka Bend, about anything we talked about because, you know, we can't get to everything. So, um, you know, whatever you're curious to know, send it to us at ola at tuyo.nyc or DM us on Instagram. I'm going to collect them over the next couple of weeks and we're going to sit down and do another episode. Does that sound okay, Alessandro? <laughs> <laughs> I guess not. No, I'm yeah. kidding. Uh, no, definitely. Uh, yeah, more than happy to to share anything more in detail. I know uh, things to go uh, to extend over extend, like when when we talk and especially if you have a, a copita de mezcal from... Uh, to you. <laughs> you know, you might, it yeah, might you get a little fuzzy at the end, but yeah, yeah we but talk about anyway, a lot of stuff. So, that would, uh, yeah, more than happy if anybody wants to go and visit and or just want to talk or have any questions, please, uh, no problem. We could answer. And I, that was in Zapotec. Thank you very much. Uh, thanks a lot for bringing me here. And if you guys have any questions, let me know. And that was just in Zapoteco. Awesome. Thanks so much, Alessandro. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Here is the second episode uh, featuring Alessandro from Tospa Mezcal. Hello and welcome to Hey Hey Agave. Uh, this is the second edition of our Tospa um, extravaganza with Alessandro and Gabrielle. You're here today as well. Hello, yes. guys. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. This, oh, is a morning <laughs> this is a morning session. We're drinking delicious mezcal and probably some amazing rum at what? 11 o'clock in the morning? Uh, yeah, yeah, so it's 12 o'clock. It's noon. No, not quite yet, but it's yeah. And we're, we're almost there. Um, so I, I would just, uh, like to recap a little bit, uh, from the last conversation that we all had together, uh, which was really, really great. Um, hopefully you guys have listened to that. Uh, I encourage you to listen to that one first and then pick up, um, with the second edition. So we talked a lot about your history, Alessandro. We talked about your, um, traveling, studying, um, the experience that you had growing up in San Cristobal, uh, La Chihuahua. How'd I do with that? Great, great. Okay. <laughs> and yeah, and 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 your experience in San Francisco and you know, um, making a plan with Edgar early on in the early 2000s, you know, having the foresight to plant the agave first and and kind of, you know, go in that order. Um, and we talked about, I think we left off with talking about distilling and Edgar's choices in um, doing the first distillation in copper and then the second in stainless steel, which I find really interesting. And we tasted through some expressions. And so, Today, I think I just want to jump into uh, the expression that we're going to start out with is a tobala. And I know that we talked a little bit about the fact that this tobala is coming from cultivated and then wild uh, agave as well, right? So you guys have been planting and now harvesting uh, some tobala and also um, harvesting it from around the region too. Yes. Yeah, actually, um, I'm really excited about this Um this 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 batch in particular because we got to cut some of the agaves that we planted from seeds uh, this tobala and also recently we also started harvesting guarache which is amazing it's uh, agave it's a native variety or type of agave that grows in the La Chiruac region and also it's you're starting to see this and of course this took us six seven years that we planted these agaves and now the fact that we're getting to see them sprout and and now we're like doing this mix of uh cultivated agave with uh still wild mm -hmm. i um it's exciting and if anything it's uh it's 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 motivating to keep doing what we're doing we have also planted other uh, other types of agave like uh, Karwinskis that we brought. Karwinskis are not native from the region. However, we've been, like, as I said before, we're right. all about like uh, getting seeds and trying to 
uh, gather seeds as much as we can and just reproduce them. And in many cases, we have given those plants away. And well, here it is. And yeah. please enjoy it. I am really excited about it. What's the scientific name of the agave? Do you know the warash? Um, oh, warash. It still, um, for me, it looks like a rodacanta. It looks like a... Like a um, what is it called? A cuiche. What what I've seen in Minas as cuiche, um, because he has that log looking. Um, yeah, that baseball shape. bat kind of pina. Yes, and also, however, um, Sierra Norte is not known for having Karwinski, so uh, I don't know. It's. Do you think I'm it's like still, a hybrid? Probably it could be, and those yeah. are like. Uh, yeah, it could be a, 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 a variation of that, mm -hmm. but uh, you, you need to see it. In our website, you, you, we have some some images of that agave. And, the, and this, it's an agave that people, when people used to make mezcal in the region, they will really uh, pay attention much to it because they will call it duayirche, which means like... Uh, bush agave like it's like a it's a bush it doesn't make much or it's small and what we found by experimenting and taking care of us if you like there in the wild and you go and just maintain uh, the area around it like remove the weeds and it, suddenly they just start growing like really big and then you could imagine now if you put them uh, in the nursery and just uh, transplant them and they just great and big and really big yeah, they're not longer that tiny little skinny agave uh, that was yirshe, which mm -hmm. yirshe is yerba, it's uh, weeds. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, now we're getting to see those and now we're harvesting those, so it's exciting. No, we have early in the morning, we were we, we were waiting for you and we were starting talking about this and one of the, the lines of conversation was, we remember that you said that, you know, you guys have been trying to do tepexate and, you know, for whatever the number you said, I think it was like 100 or something, you know, one or two actually stay alive-ish. So we have this thought that, you know, when I, I like figs and I've been trying to get a fig plant for the last couple of years and you have to cut it in January from the neighborhood to be able to have something that is... Uh, Vi viable. That is alive and that is cold-resistant. Is already hardening to a place that the, the plant will be outside no problem. Mm -hmm. um, funny enough, the one year that I tried to do this, it was the polar vortex, and that didn't work, as you will imagine. They were all dead. But the, what with this line thought was, by you experimenting in the nursery, in non, in a way that the, the plant was not from the place, but the environment is ideal. And the the temperature and the land and the humidity and everything works out. Like, are you are you getting results that maybe nobody even thought about it? You know, like the Karwinskis that they're not endemic to the area. You're having fairly good results for what we talked before. And then the Tawala is just growing fine. Your Warash are going bigger. So it's it's a really interesting point to to have. You know, mm -hmm. you as the the experimenting with just the the, the bio. Uh, the biological factors that people will think, well, is not from there, but it could be. Yeah. Yeah, and then yeah, and there, there's so much uh, that you can go into. Like I'm, I'm not by means an expert or an, or my background is in biology or, uh, but like on experience and seeing those being planted, like or actually planting them or transplanting them, like and to get to see them and actually have them harvested, mm -hmm. or uh, it's 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 a side of 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 studying the the effect. But yeah, they, as you said, um, we're all this is experimentation, and we've seen on one end great results with the tobalas and the warash. On the other hand, well, I guess it there is too much community in the in the area for tempestate, and well, these are the things that we're still. But you know what is amazing? Learn. If one of those tempestates, for whatever genetical reasons, mm -hmm. happens to stay and grow and throw a quiote in, you know, eighteen, fifteen years, <laughs> whatever, oh, maybe shorter because you know it's way more. There's more food for the the plant to grow faster and stronger. What, whatever that is, well, I'm not an expert either. But thinking dry, dry weather versus 
humid and rich soil there must be a difference yeah and and that's ultimately what we're gonna uh we're gonna see and i mean we have already been in this for 15 years and we've seen some results well, you see that, the, uh, well we're, we're, so we're drinking we're drinking some drinking of the one. results right now <laughs> and the tobala is is really delicious um it's a little uh, it's mineral it's a little light there's there's some fruit notes at the end but um how long ago did you plant the cultivated tobala that is we're sipping on right now uh this was actually planted around 2011 2012 mm -hmm. yeah and it was harvested the first ones that we started to harvest was within five and a half years six wow. years mm -hmm. and yeah so that's yeah really that's fast. one of the things that it kind of because i hear a lot of uh things that oh they take 15 years but then seeing this happening fast and growing differently well it's 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 an experience it's a, I'm, and i'm excited We're excited. Yeah. And it opens the conversation of like, you know, sure, you know, the Central Valley of Oaxaca has all the story and all the heritage, but, you know, a kid like you that is starting basically from scratch on the Sierra Norte that there was no much heritage of mezcal making. There's a lot of caña and, and rum making, but the, the mezcal wasn't the strength of the of the towns. And, you know, bringing this as a, as a tool to grow and as a business to involve Like it, it, it opens the possibility for uh, you know growth in your community in a very very specific way, which is a wonderful segue uh, into w what we were sort of interested to learn. Um, you know, how is it that you, if you do, um, work with the other community members um, in in your region? Like I know that you were saying we were asking you last time uh, if other people had started growing agave or you know how have you sort of instigated I don't know some sort of like space to change. change right and evolution and you were saying oh well yeah you know we give away a lot of agave we give away a lot of vihuelos and little baby agaves and so the people that are planting now are you guys working with them in any way in for like future harvests to be like hey well, we'd be interested in what you guys are growing yeah that's uh one of the also the great things that we're getting to see there is a lot of uh entrepreneurship happening like people starting their own things call it coffee call it uh sugar cane mm -hmm. brown sugar cane like to start packaging packaging it mm -hmm. and um like starting their own ventures uh that's for sure it's it's they've seen us go through this hardship of having and just grinding grinding all the way to having the bottle having the brand and being sold in certain places in the u.s mm -hmm. so it uh with that In all these years, we've been collaborating, and it, it happened organically. It happened, it wasn't, at the beginning, it was, yeah, let's do that together. But Edgar, for sure, my cousin, who is like, we need to do it first so that people can um, come along. So, because otherwise, it's for him or with the experience that our parents had with we're trying to put people together. It becomes political, it becomes like... Uh, really hard to 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 put a group of people because not only that it's not like you just uh gonna do this you need to survive too you know you need to feed your family so just um uh organizing people it's kind of hard so that that way it'll, i'm glad that it happened and it's happening so yes we are um collaborating with people people are just taking plants and then eventually when they're ready we're gonna go half and half and we have deals put uh you're coaching yeah a putting together and it's and actually that's the way that it's always worked in the mountains which we do what we call gozona okay. uh what is we, the translation gozona it's a, a communal work like for instance you just got married and you guys are needed to build your house what you do well all your friends will come and pitch in like build everything put the roof or you have a harvest like everybody will your friends or your uh you will come and they will do the harvest get your job done get your task done but then do you you later on you're expected to have re reciprocity to mm -hmm. to do this together as well so then there is that still alive very alive and so this is a, it's a kind of track of of help yeah and, and it's, when i say trucking in spanish is exchange of yeah and that's what it is known as gozona mm -hmm. Which in other places it's called Gelaguetza, which in other places uh, Tequio. Like it kind of it's that communal work that there it's ingrained in the life of the the, the, the people, and it's a very Zapotec thing to do. Yeah, there was there was a few videos that we I was showing Sabrina early, probably last year, 
and one of them describes the wedding of a young couple in in the mountains and is like you know the entire town is it's not just invited but the entire town is working the food the killing the I, I know it sounds cheesy but killing the chickens but you know there's 300 people in the town there's a lot of chickens to be killed you know yeah. and the chickens are given by different families like it's it's, it's such a not just the com- the communal work doesn't even fully hold, express hold the expression yeah. of like this is a full body that works together mm-hmm. like it's really really amazing and so uh, you know the the question begs to to be asked um i i think that it would be helpful if I just read a little bit of some stuff that we've been talking about and thinking about here, um, this was from a recent article that was published on um, Mescalistas. We'll, we'll link to it. And the author was Joanna Hernandez. Um, and she was really discussing the future of mezcal production in regards uh, to that word that I really love hate talking about, which is sustainability, but that means so much more. And part of what she was um, trying to discuss was um, what it is like for these smaller communities, um, these, these having like a communal participation and what that means for them versus what it means for the market you know and what the market is asking for and you know the 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 simple division of also of this same topic that you're talking is a country uh a country a community that lives and works in certain ways and how it's affected on this side on the states you know like how how like it's such a different universe that is playing in it is uh, the most right important. right and so i'm going to read two quotes just side by side and then we'll we'll talk about it and so the first one is this and it's very simple and it's exactly what we've just been talking about which is indigenous communities have tended to think first about the well-being of its community and what to do in order to preserve that balance in which the needs of every member are met number one number two there's this idea of the market need versus what the producers are able to supply. This next statement comes from um, Samuel Velasco, who's a member of a a cooperative, um, Fana Canstini, and he was saying that they do not adapt to the market needs, but rather feel it is the market that needs to adapt to the needs of the agave. So these two ideas, um, Alessandro, I'd like to talk about a little bit with your experience um, with TOSPA in your region. Um, you know, how are you guys dealing with what you see as like the space that exists for you to grow in the market, but grow in a way that is natural and it also, you know, you are able to work within the community, around the community, but also as a business, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, it's precisely what I've, I've, I've been trying to explain as far as having how the community works and how the obligations that you have as a member of a community of a Zapotec community, which not only it's down to 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 business, to like you have a, a, a you're part of the community and you have obligations to the community. For instance, Edgar has done throughout all this year, he has done like three servicios comunitarios, which he was the treasurer, he was the uh, in charge of the water. Uh, uh, I've only been, uh, I've done the police work. Uh, so yeah, but then you have to either pay for, 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 for to, to somebody to do those services for you. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, that's the life itself. And then um, if you put it in, a, in, in, in it's kind of in two directions. If you want to be very uh, individualistic, where you just focus on your idea of, business, uh, of the business, well, it will create conflict. But, um, well, it's understand for people to see those two aspects of it. And, and yeah, some, the use of mezcal in traditionally or historically, it's through that, through just to, to supply to the community. But now that we have, uh, demand, not only national, but also global demand, well, there is something to be done. And as far as our experience, we told about it's well. We started growing agave to for our for us to use. We started not only because we we're really aware that how things or like uh, deforesting and all these concepts, these other uh, aspects of just 
life where if you over harvest or if you deforest or if you just chop down trees the conflicts that you were not even aware of like they're, they're starting when you start actually making other things happen yeah and that's since the very beginning like we were trying to approach that with um having um having raw material available at the same time we're really lucky and really thankful um i want to give a shout out to all the supporters that um that they're being really uh supporting tosba in what we're doing mm -hmm. and uh yeah the opportunity is there to grow not only from other brands that wanted us to make their juice but um but the growth it's been as far as we can as far as we uh we go and as far as what we have available yeah at the same time there is an opportunity for us and we're open to to investors but with the trying to follow that model that original idea that we had to be sustainable in the sense of having available raw material but understanding like a large corporation to understand how does that affect tosba as a part of the community as as two guys from uh, indigenous community that uh, not only that, that the rest of the communities, the rest of people that are going to work with us uh, and go along together. And I think it's possible. And the way I, 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 I affirm it, it's because this experience that we've gone, yes, people ask for more mezcal of Tosba, but there's so much we can make. Mm -hmm. And as of right now, we're not, we're not buying mezcal from others. We're mm -hmm. not buying agave from others to, say uh to offset to, that to yeah. offset that so yeah. this is what we have in our hands and this is we know how to do and we try to pay as much as attention to details and we we know what's in your juice we right. know what's what's in your bottle you know right so um yeah i understand that the the probably in other aspects in other experiences the market needs to adapt to 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 the demand to i mean to to the supplier or to the producers which is it has another it's another dynamic. It's a little oppos op oppositional, but uh, but the, it's 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 the discussion needs to be there, and I'm glad that somebody's pointing it out and somebody's. But it's part of the broader, because uh, we're, we're mixing two things here. We're mixing business we're with um, culture, and then I don't know if it's this is the time of the the, the world history that that happens, or it's always been there that nobody has tried to put it together and to assess it but i think it was always there but it's it's just even talking right now you on you you with us and it can get uncomfortable because there's there's so much that is in 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 direct clash that hasn't yet been uh, fully understand like we're talking about production and we're talking about planting and we're talking about you having the foresight and with your cousin to start a business without having a business yet, that it was just planting, just having that raw material. But with that, that principle, with the fact that you started in the early 2000s planting agaves in La Sierra Norte, it hasn't lasted. Like right now you have a max production possibility and that's it. You cannot go farther out that unless you buy agaves and unless you bring Expand. your community and and this is a plan that is not going to happen overnight because this is a plan that we know that even that we are very lucky that in Tierra Norte as you had mentioned tends to grow faster that is amazing you know that that takes two sometimes three years of of waiting out of the list but I bet you that there's a billion other projects and billion other process that are completely different from a central Bali situation. You have the rainy season must be harder. The just the location to get into is more be complicated to go into like the mountain and you know even that there's new roads and all that. Like again, so the, the, the from one side you have the possibility to to expand, but also your adaptability is completely different from someone that is on a flatland in a dry place uh, close to the city. It could be mass produced, but it has its. There is a, a way to assess it. I'm not the, the the person right now. Maybe in the future we'll better know how that works. But uh, 
I mean, there is a demand, but then I, I feel like, yeah, we let's put it together, you know, like with those, all these practices, all these cultural aspects of the, the what mezcal is truly and how delicious and how diverse it is and how rich it is. I think there must be a, a better perspective where no, like not many are left out or, or just there is a couple that just win or I don't know. Well, that, I'm, I'm still in that it, situation. And I think it's really challenging and I don't know if there's an answer to it um, per se. I don't think it's as simple as that because no, what you're talking about is two completely different social and economic structures that are in intertwined with each other at mm -hmm. this moment in time. We've got like also, uh, capitalism, you've got communal socialism yes. and how do you indigenous community that, and then that's you, a question that and, we don't even think and then about you have States. something that people mm -hmm. care about a lot these days which is that kind of cultural story behind what it is that you're either buying or sipping on or or importing the story is everything right like and then you start getting into marketing and is that exploitation you know on mm -hmm. what level do you say oh this is made from this very small village with this community of people and this maestro mescalero is you know and we all know that this stuff isn't produced by just one person you know it takes many many hands and the foresight you know and the family vision and, and a community vision and, and endurance because right throughout this time they're like oh it right so i think it make. i think what you're saying is that you know we have to be really careful about oversimplifying things yeah right when we're having these conversations I, over romanticizing them yeah that and also i mean uh, i'm still i'm in the middle i'm still struggling i'm surviving look right. i'm an immigrant i'm living in new york i'm i'm doing this uh grinding thing is all this work at the same time i have uh I'm trying to put this together and create a business uh, and make it successful. I mean, collaborating with others, with other people and sharing the knowledge or the things that I've been learning, you know, and yeah. putting together perspective. Like uh, I'm lucky to have friends in the in the industry that uh, I can call close. Uh, uh, the guys of Illegal, the guys from Del Maguey, like uh, they're been there and I've seen them how it, this thing is evolved. And we're that community, you guys, mm -hmm. uh, everybody who's writing about it. But then there is that, uh, yeah, it, it, just to be more uh, uh, more precise, on, we have a different point of view on this thing. And I hope this truly works for, for everyone. Yeah, and I think it's coming across, especially now to see that, you know, so there's the Tebestate, the Tobala, the Espadin, oh, the Pechuga. And um, those are what, are the four are on the market and now? The is there a fifth one? one? Yeah, well, uh, yeah, they, 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 as they call, uh, the lingua I've learned, the flagship, it's the espadín, which was basically what we planted and what we have. Of course. And then we learn how to make pechuga, and then so we have pechuga. We have tobala, which we've been exploring and we're experimenting. There is more raw material for us available in the region. Uh, the pestate, we, once in a while, we make batches. This particular one, yes, we buy agave from uh, a, a, a guy from this other village mm -hmm. in Miahuatlán. Uh, and now Warash, like since we started exploring, uh, that's and not we're in now, the market yet, though, right? Uh, Warash is actually in the market, and it's uh, mostly in, in New York and California. Okay, yeah, because you have a small batch. Of it. Yeah, yeah. Not, not, like how many liters was the Warash? Uh, I don't know. Like the first batch was like 150 liters. The small. second, it's like 250. Yeah. So, but it, it's getting there, and it's native from the region, so uh, from from our village. And uh, and we're being experimenting too. Like arroqueño, we made a batch of arroqueño, which again, if you somebody wants to try it, which is delicious, the people have tried it, they love it. But uh, you need to go to the the palenque, the palenque. And, <laughs> yeah. and you know, trying to keep that uh, idea. Okay, uh, sometimes it's over, like you say. Like uh, if you really want something, just go there. You experience it. You get to know us, and you get to see what we're doing. And we have like special stuff for you to yeah. to, uh, to, uh, to to try. And not only because we could, we don't have that much to 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 sell or to right. Or to export. To right, and if you're going to go through the process of getting it certified, you want to have a certain amount to make it worth it for yourselves. You're going to get to the process of going to Sierra Norte that is a little bit of a hold from whatever yeah. you leave. Yeah. You, you're going to well, get the yeah. best juice that they have in the house. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 uh, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's fun. All this thing uh, uh, has been 
fun. Of course, it's uh, cringy sometimes because you're like just trying to make it happen. Well, it's like you're you're just you're you're shoveling in all of your resources back into it so that you can figure out the expressions that you want to pursue. Is this working? Do people like this? Do we enjoy producing it? Is it sustainable? Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Um, but a quick question because what you were saying earlier, are you guys producing for any other brands? No. Okay, no, so no, no. just you guys are just toast. Yeah, yeah, just toast. Now, I would love to talk about the new agave expression that you brought today. And let's talk about why this is so interesting because we haven't heard of a situation like this before. Yeah, well, this is, um, so I try to, um, well, I mean, you get to know a lot of people along the, 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 ride. the, the ride of Mezcal and uh, my good friend Paco, Paco uh, from Durango, uh, he made it to Oaxaca, made him in an event, and he was just looking to explore Oaxaca, and I got to know him, and we had some mezcales, and he's like, I would like to go to your region, and he's like, okay, he he actually dropped to Oaxaca to be there, so we took the truck, and we're in Sierra Norte, in Nachiruac, and happens to, like, Edgar was in doing something that, uh, uh, he was in charge of a party or somewhere for the community, and then, um, we we had cenizo that he had brought and then just on over some mezcales we started talking what if we make something he brought like the plants no uh, just mezcal, mezcal. Mezcal, mezcal. Yeah. and then uh so sh- long story short we agreed to 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 make some cenizo uh down in oaxaca and just to pause for one second for our listeners in case um that you just need a heads up saniso is a variety of agave from dorango and its name is dorangensis because it is endemic to that region and they make a great mezcal out of it herman from uh, lagrimas de dolores who was on recently talked about it a lot so if you guys want to go research that you can listen back to that episode and Tess, yeah, and Tess has talked a lot about it as well um, with field notes for, from Durango. So, okay, now, so, now we know what Ceniso is. <laughs> yeah, so Ceniso is produced in the north of, uh, of Mexico. It's about 15 hours to the city of Oaxaca driving. Mm-hmm. So he drives to, to Oaxaca and then another four hours to the Sierra Norte to, to, to bring a few tons of, of maguey. So we did that uh, two years ago. And then um, he just liked it, and then we he came again. He brought more, and then uh, so yeah, this is the the last batch what we made. So this we're gonna release, and uh, and yeah, it's just the so idea. So how many piñas are they bringing to you guys to to distill? Like like tons. let's just let let's think about this as like truckloads, right? Truck like yeah, it's uh, I would say like seven ten tons. Wow. So it's uh, the full of your oven. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, it, so that it makes sense. It's uh, the first that they are mature piñas. They have the guías, so the, the, there is paperwork, there is trial paperwork, and it's within the denomination of origin. So it's certified. So it's by certified the CRM. CRM. There, uh, as, no, as the, as the as agave the, production. Yes, yeah. as the agave material, as the raw material. Okay. So it has guides, like some tracking. Numbers that they assign to the plant. You have so traceability. Traceability. From- it's from the from Durango mm-hmm. all the way to Oaxaca, and then of course, since we are certified, so we produce it, and we, and now we're just need to get the certificates or like to be to be brought into the states. But yeah, so that um, it's a it's a wild uh, experiment as well because why it's far away from Mexico from Oaxaca City, making it there and getting those nuances the yeast the flavor of tosba so you can actually flavor it here in so this is so fascinating but you also mentioned off mic to us a very important point so the haul from there to oaxaca you're talking about you know close to 18 hours give and take if you stop or something and when he goes back what happens oh so the first time he he went, uh, he goes there. Uh, he brings uh, a bunch of seeds, like like I don't know, like five kilos of five. seeds, <laughs> of seeds that he'd actually taken from Durango to say, "I'm going to work." And these guys are like, because he's more like a, a, a city boy, but then he's um, he brought the seeds, and we sprouted those like two years ago. We put put them on the ground, and they all of them came out. 
And then this time where he's... Uh, I think you live in a very magical <laughs> land. Like because that, how many conversations have we had with people from Dorango that are trying oh, to grow from seed? Our seeds don't work and this and that. And like you have the magic thumb over there. <laughs> and then, well, now what we're trying to do is to bring some... To, to actually uh, work with those guys over there. and But then every time they go back, every time they ring agave, they go back with plants. thousands and thousands of... Uh, Little plants, little hijuelitos or little plants too. Of all different varieties that you guys have no, been growing? No, it's soniso only for them. So that's... Oh, so you, you're you basically, you have a nursery mm -hmm, for the soniso and then you're giving them back the plants from the them. seed that they, they brought to you. That's really interesting. Yeah. Wow. So that's, I mean, that collaboration that mm -hmm. we're creating with uh, Paco. So yeah, you will see more of soniso uh, in Oaxaca, but... You will see a lot of others. <laughs> and, and, and there's a there's a factor that is interesting to say to people that don't know this this growth cycle. But for somebody to go from Oaxaca to Durango and Durango and back, mm -hmm. it kind of makes sense because you know the gestation of the plant and they start growing. So by the time he was back, there was a couple of months. So plants were they were transferable. Like they were, they no, were not. They were actually no, uh, it, more than a year. Yeah, you need years. So, so but you have you have plants. Yeah. What I'm trying to say, and, and I don't want to say numbers that I don't know, but it makes sense what you're saying. That by the time he comes back for the next batch, that he will bring you more piñas to do another batch of of uh, ceniso. Mm -hmm. You have plants that they're fully uh, like able to be transferred. And, yeah. And, and, and so the idea is to every time he goes back, it's good to have him like. I don't know, like 10 centimeter, 20 centimeters uh, tall. Yeah. So for them to, it makes sense. And we tried that already. He took a few plants from Oaxaca when the first time that he came and he's like happy because dude, all my plants are alive. All my plants are like doing great. So, but now at the, the first time, which was two years ago when he brought Ceniso, the, the seeds, and this time when he came back, when he brought the second batch of agave, he's, Bringing with him like thousands of plants. I'm gonna play devil's advocate. Have you keep any cenizos in the ground in Sierra Norte? Oh yeah, they they are there because it was yeah they're doing great and yeah, yeah they, they, I was we were surprised too that ceniso did better than uh, the pistate the pistate yeah. just didn't. Uh, and Durango is dry, dry, dry. Well, this is the whole thing. Like, you know, we need to get like a botanist on to like really dig into mm -hmm. to the uh, scientific side of it. But I would love to take a sip of this because I've just been smelling it. Um, <laughs> Salud. It's not as aromatic as other agaves. At least it's not a, a potent smell in the nose. It is truly ceniso when you sip it. Yeah, it's truly, delicious. truly, yeah. It's dangerous. And you say that this is 50% because you brought it high up? <laughs> yeah. So, right, this is 50. Wow. So 50 so they're not puntas, but be careful. <laughs> yeah, and maybe we might just put it like 49, 48. Like we're still like fearing the exact um, the exact. It doesn't, it doesn't uh, burn proof. As, as a 50. Mm -mm. It has a very mild, uh, full body. Really mm. nice. Yeah, and I wonder too, you know, I'm, I'm very much interested in now exploring just in my own palate all of these different expressions that you guys produce knowing that you're distilling in stainless steel for the second distillation. Um, I think that really imparts like your own take and flavor in, in, in that spirit and that second distillation. It's really, really interesting. This is a beautiful, beautiful, well-rounded sip. Of Ceniso. I've never tried a Ceniso like this before. Well, you obviously. saw him that he came with the official Bonafont bottle that everyone brings. <laughs> yeah. And it was already a third gone. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, crazy this how, is, uh, is going to be a really special, you guys, as soon as you see this in your local liquor stores or, you know, at your local um, watering hole. Yeah. And, and hopefully by the end of uh, March, it should be here, but um, in New York. But uh, yeah, just to get those samples from Oaxaca, always it's a. Uh, very exciting it's, right it's yeah it's exciting but also it's a whole crazy path that these bottles take like oh they go from a friend to another friend mm -hmm. but where in la and then from here and then you're like uh finding ways how to bring uh Anything. those yeah. yeah but uh but yeah but um this one will be officially as ceniso in collaboration i will offer myself as the official tosba carrier if you ever need one <laughs> Mula. Yeah, yeah. no 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 carrier 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 um what what states is this going to be available in burro maybe well, uh, we're 
in California, in New York, and mostly it's with Skernik, Skernik um, mm-hmm. uh, Wines, who are, are the distributors. And those guys are really being really patient with us, understanding these whole things that we've been talking about that... Yeah, we want to put, we have mezcal, but then it's kind of hard to put it if you don't have the cash flow yet. But um, a shout out to Skernik and all their portfolio with Justin to mm-hmm. that. That's really great job on um, curating their selection and just really awesome. Well, definitely <laughs> we, we will um, we will help to get the word out when it's here. And I'm sure that there'll be some special events. Uh, you oh, know, so we're making one with those, but maybe. To launch and to be very excited about trying, trying this beautiful yeah i wish i mean again like we, i wish we can make a lot of it but yeah. it, it let's we'll figure out then mm-hmm. yeah and so is it all right if if i say like you know what you're doing now in new york mm, yeah like I mean, the research and development that you're doing and and how this is going to sort of segue into potential projects in the future yeah, definitely. Well, uh, right now, um, uh, shout out to I'm giving. <laughs> this is <laughs> like the shout a, out episode. <laughs> yeah, and no, no, just being gra- grateful and giving gratitude to all the people along the way that uh, you run and uh, you you learn from, mm-hmm. uh, and try to reciprocate as well. It's uh, uh, yeah, the whiskey, whiskey, Kings County whiskey, uh, Kings County Distillery in New York, which they make a really amazing juice whiskey. Um, Sometimes uh, I didn't know much about whiskey, but now going, being in the distillery, inside of the distillery, and not only that, blending and learning what a bourbon is and how it's, how craft and uh, uh, efforts go to it, like opening barrels one by one, sampling, smelling, and building that blend, uh, putting that blend together, it's uh, it's amazing. And this is what I've been doing for the last months here in New York and the uh and this with the idea for uh to to apply which we're releasing also uh a rum aged in barrels it is in the market now yeah the blanco the the the, the on age rum it is in the the market with the name of dacaben which means the one that doesn't lease it it doesn't uh is that the same as stubborn uh, something <laughs> like that yeah but uh yeah so that's what i'm uh I'm, wait that, I'm that is the zapotec translate that's the zapotec word, the word of, like, listen to me, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> and you guys chose this name specifically well that's what they called us at uh, the village the because the, they were like what are you doing like yeah, yeah we're or, we're going to a different well in a different but but uh, when did you guys start um pursuing experimenting to, like you know the sugarcane aspect and like researching i mean i know that it's been growing in your land for a very long time generations and generations so how did this begin so uh this is long overdue because i mean the first a uh, uh encounter with distillation and spirits it, it was always with aguardiente with uh rum from uh from the mountains because that's what edgar's dad used to make my grandpa used to make everybody in the village would have more proximity to sugarcane so that was the first contact also not only that the tepache so but since you i mean we were young we kind of really we just went through to mezcal path and then this was like okay we're gonna do it we're gonna do it but we are so uh focused and just uh drawn to mezcal and making sure like okay but now that we have it made Mm -hmm. we have made the mezcal we have the brand and it's on the market kind of felt a little easier to jump and develop this uh edgar is the one that also he actually this last season i was under his wind just teaching me how to build a fermentation which is different from uh mezcal because it's you're using juice here well do you want to take us a little bit through the process yeah so it's uh you 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 juice you juice you juice the the sugar cane and then you have liquid in contrast with agave where it's solid you add water here it's uh it's just juice and then you start building it little by little like you use corn to kind of gen- have that mother fermentation that it takes up to two weeks sometimes to build that base do you well, like actual ears of corn like yeah uh-huh. yeah yeah and um and then from that once you have the like the 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 fermentation ready to distill you take half of it and then use it if in this case we have four stills we like starters yeah and then with the 
And then, then you start like that process where you start like just adding whatever you take. That's the amount of juice that you're going to add back. And then next day you have it ready to distill. So that kind of. Oh, so the dist. Okay. So once it's started, that's mm -hmm. when you start going and you. Okay. So the dis the fermentation is actually once the mother has started and like mm -hmm. all of the enzymes are working, you keep at you, you, you're distilling and fermenting kind of simultaneously. Yes. Uh -huh. So you take whatever you take for uh, distillation for that first distillation, you replenish it or you put it back in with in the juice. juice but yeah. it matters of uh, 24 hours it's ready to to go and for you to grab it just matter, like they started literally that what it sounds like mm -hmm. once it's already it mm -hmm. will just initiate the process super super fast yeah you have something here that is 1200 uh, meters of oxy level yes so yeah it's where the the, the and, and our approach with uh the cabin it's more of a single producer like because the idea is also to 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 bring everyone uh, uh, together and we started with heal yeah. we and then uh if we're gonna work with more others and each batch will have a nuance it will be different because it's just like because mezcal that's how it works and uh, the idea is also to bring uh, aguardiente or a rum uh, with that style of things it will be one more funky than the other. Mm -hmm. Each each aguarrientera will has its own flavor, his own yeah, flavor. Yeah, and I mean, as soon as you 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 get your nose into this, it's holy mackerel. I mean, I'm I'm very unqualified to speak about it, taste and profiles and what I'm smelling. We, we serve this right. We've couple, it's like this has been out for about an hour or so now. Yeah, now now it's not as funky in the nose, but yeah, you still have it. You know, this is this is the memory that I have from when I was a child. Because we did a lot of traveling in the Mixteca Poblana, and that's what it is. Like that's what you see in every single town, being poor. But I don't know if it is your experience. Mine was when I was little, to see the people that will drink things, they will have a two liter either Coke or Pepsi in their hand, and a tiny little glass of aguardiente, and they will sip it. And then immediately chase it, <laughs> chase it. <laughs> with like the giant bottle. Well, of the, it's so soda. it's so cinnamon and herbal, no, this, and this I nice. mean, like, there's one that I, I know it wasn't like ninety nine percent. Yeah, it's also yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, again, history here. Where uh, bad, like in any place, there's always gonna be that bad product that somebody just sure. will put it out there, and you need a chaser. It needs a yeah. chaser, just like <laughs> it was back in. Like I got to hear like when mezcal they will kill in the bad mezcal with, with a lot of other stuff that they were putting in it like accelerators and yeah. and blah blah and yeah. then yeah you they will sell it ultra cheap mm -hmm. for whoever wanted to buy it like that but that yeah I'm pretty sure that was the the experience and here we have like well the it's a hundred percent natural yeah. pure and Delicious. it's in yeah. the I mean the, here Edgar it's refining his ability of distillation with what he has with uh with mezcal and then now with uh with aguardiente which we were more familiar with and then we can talk about with my grandpa with uh edgar's that's a family story about it yeah that they these uh those guys can relate to this more right. than the mezcal because right. mezcal it's a little more further for them far away and for me it's like with the barrels that we have already aging uh, now that I'm learning with uh, whiskey process and, and bourbon, so, so you guys bourbon, are aging the yeah. agricole. We have uh, yeah uh, barrels of mm -hmm. uh, rum. And what kind of barrels are you aging in? Uh, American oak. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's the idea. Now we're gonna release the the first barrels that we have, and then we'll keep doing this. And, that's awesome. And yeah, well, it, it we're I feel like it's too much in our hands, but I think this is it where we just kind of circulate ourselves in and if anything the practices that we have around our cult or our fields it's something that we're also which i would like to talk about what it, what we're doing too i would like to hear about it yeah just in terms okay so as far as uh, spirits and making spirits we have the rum we have the mezcal but also practices within the land something that we've been doing it's uh we there was a guy from Universidad Autónoma de Chapingo. It's like the agronomy university in Mexico. Yeah, we like, talked about it a little bit on the last episode. So he yeah. came and proposed us this uh, thesis, and then he's been there for the last two years, and a lot of it, it's it's making sense. Like, what they call time. it? Takes, takes time, time. yeah, like, and they call it manejo manejo agroforestal, which is like management agro of agroforestal management. Management, and where like you blend in your so that you're not the. Uh, 
like damaging your soil you're using legumes and it comes down to the use the way that they used to uh the the, 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 the plant and use the land back in the hundreds of years ago where you're mixing with uh, beans and, and corn, corn and mm-hmm. squash so yeah so they and squash so that it's rich but now we're using actual trees to with that family leguminosas or legumes that actually may do that job for the soil and with the idea to recover uh, firewood for us to use and so that the plant of agave is growing along with a, a bunch of trees that are that it's going to be used later on so you have that within but at the same time you're replenishing the the the, the nutrients within the soil so but when you say replenishing there's something important to be said i don't think people that know farming or even just this this is very i just learned it so i think it's important to say it too um the organic matter that falls meaning that leaves the little branches anything that breaks down from a living plant that falls to the ground meaning you're, if you're planting leguminosas and then they're being collected, but all the all the, the plant itself, not the fruit, that goes down to the floor, that is the nutrients. That's what we're trying to say about when you're giving back nutrients to the plants by doing other kind of farming is because the end result, like you don't you don't clean and leave the soil clean after. You let everything just kind of like compost by itself mm-hmm. into into the organic matter. And a lot of this organic matter when when you have um proper farming and in roads and and very methodical that they clean everything they kill the, they kill the soil like they they the plants are constantly sucking all the all the organic matter material from it to, to grow and then once it's out right and some practices they'll plant like a field of alfalfa for a season or yeah. two to try to bring stuff back yeah. and there's, there's like yeah. a rule of like three three different things i can remember fully. Uh, yeah well and this is kind of something that we're also experimenting and this guy came and just uh, offered like this is what i want to do and then well here you go and um and he's it's it's working he took the, the the wood samples to the lab to see which plant would make more sense to plant but through uh, he lab experiments to put it on fire to see which one gives you the most heat and blah blah so that's pretty i mean for me like i mean it's uh, being far sounds amazing sounds but um it looks like it's 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 gonna take off and that's ultimately that's what we like to attach ourselves with where are you guys getting the little seedlings or plants to to go ahead and pursue this sort of method oh because it's a study that he does on what it's native Mm -hmm. within the region so you he it's a study that he does and he scatters like the okay. type of plants, the native from here, how they do reproduce, like how does it happen? Is it's it probably like... going hunting for seeds all day long, yeah. and mm-hmm. then comes back with you know a, a few batches of things that then goes to the nursery and 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 re yeah, and he retries to re- recreate it, um, uh, trees and and also he's the one in charge for the the nursery, so mm-hmm. his his only job is to. So he's the one responsible for all of these seed starters to yeah. be flourishing and healthy and profitable. Yeah, preparing yeah. and understanding the region because this, it must be completely different from working in any other place. So adapting and and yeah. and, and, and understanding the environment. What and since that's his amazing. background and he's in love yeah. with that, uh, he's it oh, just he's it, uh, yeah, yeah, he made he made sense to. And I'm sure with all the documented research, he's going to be able you you all will be able to share that. Yes. Yeah, eventually and, when he's yeah. uh, but that's part of the 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 plan that it's going to become a, a thesis there that dissertation where like he's going to present it with. The and research. you guys are the test study, mm-hmm. like yeah. yeah Once the, you have this this book written of how things work, yeah, and your thesis, yeah, you're like it's it's easy, huh. easy. Is, is, is something that is a, achievable to go to another part of the of the region and like hey this works like this are you interested on, on being part of a mm-hmm. communal effort and you can have all these nurseries and plantations on, well yeah on he... the region because the other thing that I think people don't don't see because is, is only when you travel and you see these lands there's space there's a lot of space not planted there's just a lot of space that can be mm-hmm. uh, used differently. So yeah, uh, Edgar, which by the way, his name is Edgar too. Uh, he went in the valley to propose it to the other companies, but it didn't work out when we were just like happened to be open to hear this. And so yeah, 
just to wrap it up it's yeah it's kind of like what uh that's what we're doing now and that's i feel like yeah now i can contain myself yes i i was out of the out of suck for a while with mezcal now it's back now right. we have the dacamin right. which took us it's an effort for us to Every, just everything that you're saying it's like all of these things were working simultaneously and it's only until they've reached a certain level sure. of maturity that they all come together and it seems to me that you guys are reaching a point after 15 years 20 years of of the dream and pursuing it and working really hard that things are really forming and coming together for you. The expressions, the new expressions that are out, the experimentation that is actually ready to be bottled and brought over the here. The possibility of sharing with Durango things. Sharing with yeah. Durango. Also, the family history and the beauty of the Aguardiente. And uh, you guys, I know that we're not the first ones to talk about this um, new uh, offerings from Mexico as far as spirits go. Um, but this is something to look out for. And uh, I've just out of curiosity, do you know the retail price point for the DACA Bend? I believe it's somewhere 36 to 40. So it's an incredibly affordable bottle. Um, I, I really... Of high end, I mean this—it's beautiful stuff. Um, so I really uh, recommend um, you Las all to, to go check it out, and and Las, also other other Mexican brands coming out from different regions and compare them because it's really yeah. exciting to do flights. And actually, what I'm thinking about now is like the terroir. So what you guys are offering could be an entire tasting experience because you've got your uh, the the agaves that are cultivated from the land. Now you have a ceniso from Durango but it's being produced in, in your Palenque with the natural yeasts and the natural terroir of, of the area. We talk about something that of course, creates a you have profile. a rum agricole that is all terroir as far as I'm concerned. Um, and so that those are all, the flavors are just so incredible. Um, you know, there's, there's something also to be said. Your starter mash that you do for the, 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 any of the blends that you're going to start doing with this for the rum it's going to be pretty interesting because also you know you're talking about corn that is being you know it's, it's corn is the juice is the yeast like there's so much there that is unique to the region mm -hmm. yeah but uh well this is yeah okay, i don't know uh, sugar cane was introduced in the early 1700s in the region along with coffee so it's been there people have been using mm -hmm. it's 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 had its own fluctuations where people would produce more like it will drop and it will go back at it and then migration happened a lot of it's been lost in like in the way casualties yeah. uh which yeah the the, the, the agricultural um, migration happened back well, you're well, yeah. trying to recover all these things, you know. Yeah, some of it, like yeah, it's people are being uh, are excited about seeing it happen, and mostly because it's what we we grew up doing, you know. Uh, it wasn't really my generation or seeing it, uh, even as a kid. It was just the stories that be I heard people uh, growing agave and making mezcal in the region. My grandpa used to just grow agave as part of his. Uh, revenue and somebody else would make the mezcal and that kind of there is a story in but your grandfather or, or, or one of your grandfathers specifically would make an aguardiente yeah he will make a word and what did that look like just, just for context like was it like a little still that he had in the back of the house or whatever no it was it mostly these productions or the way uh traditionally has been made it's a mobile operation so you go where you're uh, sugar cane fields are you set up a space a flat area possibly close to a uh, spring yeah and then you have the meal like sometimes there is like the most rustic way it's like two big logs crushing the the the, the sugar cane by pulled by two by a horse or by two horses and then that's how you get the juice either you make piloncillo or you make brown sugar or you make uh the the you make aguardiente and yeah it's one small steel where you have a container there to ferment and just like doing you the, bring your mash already that is yeah. already the starter point that is ready to go yeah or or while you start like uh cutting along and just cutting the the, the sugar cane it's when you let it sit there for a couple of days or yeah, yeah. but so, yeah it's, so a, it's it's a mobile operation so that the, you go i mean it's like moonshine back in the day here right yeah, like exactly. and so and so just to so they would go maybe a couple guys would go and they would say okay this is our spot we're gonna harvest we're gonna do it over the course of what like two weeks or Not something like a month like or, a month okay yeah. it's a, so like it's a month it's a, it's, it was hyper local i don't know you made 20 garrafas 20 like jugs of and then you sell 
15 of them and then that's yeah. income that you yeah. will, I mean revenue that you have and of course the, the, the role of the, the women that it will keep it and mm -hmm. then you just do the work and blah blah, blah. there is a there is a book out there called Zapotec Science where it kind of it's it's a study at the village nearby uh Talia de Castro which kind of like you see that history through in the Sierra Norte, like the way the economy, the, 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 the agricultural aspects of the villages and how it changed actually, it has changed with the crossing of uh, migration and mm -hmm. having other ideas. But yeah. uh, if well, you I wanna... mean, you guys clearly are part of that shift too, right? Because there's going to be generations now of your children and your children's children that are going to know mezcal, well, and they're going to know are it. The ones that doesn't listen, <laughs> <laughs> Tends maybe to, yeah. they'll get that gene too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I'm glad my son is. He's really, he's really following along from far, but he's like he's really aware of what what's going on. Yeah. Are you guys doing any projects? I mean, I know that you're going to be aging some of the rum in oak. Are you guys doing any projects with experimenting with aging any of the mezcal expressions uh, on purpose? Is what I'm asking, not just we like did. for we did uh, at the at the at the very beginning. Mm -hmm. In in glass, like resting in glass. No, or? in barrels. In, in barrels. barrels and uh -huh. Just to have a place to well, have a place to to store, store it. it. Yeah. And also, we what happened with that? Uh, but it was just like it, we pursued just not aging uh, uh -huh. in in barrels. That's all. But we did, we did, but we did uh, experiment. If, if you go and visit, do you have some. Yeah, we did, yeah definitely we still have some. Uh, but uh, there is a guy from um, Scott from. Um, New Mexico, who came and we did a special collaboration where we made, uh, and you sh if you can, please look it up. Um, uh, we got him um, 500 liters of Espadín, which he uh, uh, he made also, um, well, 500 liters of Espadín, which he wanted to age and experiment with different uh, aging processes that he has in New Mexico. So it's called Doña Tules, and I think it's within a private collection somewhere like it's it's a super like closed group club whatever that he has which uh but the, look it up it's doña tules and apparently it was the, the first woman from sonora who opened a bar in new mexico and it's after that it's a project that he has but it's really really specific and he focuses on aging um Mexican spirits, mezcal, raicilla, but he has his stuff going on in New Mexico. And oh, I've never heard about this before. All right, everybody, research. Doña Tules. <laughs> yeah, Doña we'll do some research. Um, the other thing that I'd just like to mention to everyone, as always, and I think specifically for these two conversations, please check out the website um, at uh, tuyo.nyc in Hey Hey Agave section, because I know Alessandro is going to share with us some really incredible photographs that will um, add to the context of the conversation. So. You know, if you don't know how what ash looks like you're yeah. gonna know absolutely <laughs> um well alessandro thank you so so much for sharing your time and your knowledge and sitting with us for all of these hours uh so that everyone can can be aware and learn and participate in the conversation well thank you thank you guys uh i really appreciate like i'm not really a public person or i'm really shy being in public but um but I, I take i take <laughs> i take the opportunity to say thank you to everyone who's been supportive to tosba who knows the story who's has come close to us to learn more about it matthew powell who uh, i hope he's recovering very well who's part of the team of tosba uh he lives in it's a doctor in in seattle and everyone all the uh edgar of course who's the the brain of this i'm just a collaborator and um yeah and everyone in the mezcal world like uh we're doing something really great i think with the with the mezcal and i hope we can take it to the right direction and big love for everyone in the mezcal industry and uh gracias y salud Yes, gracias. And we will check in with you uh, in a little bit and, and you can give us an update about how everything is going. That would be really awesome. Yeah, thank you. Salud. Hey Hey Agave is a production of Tuyo NYC. Brittany Prater is our editor. Your hosts are Gabrielle Velasquez Zazueta and me, Sabrina Lassard. Our music is by Milagro Verde. Find them on Instagram at Milagro underscore Verde BK. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Salicita.